This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, defeat at the Tony Macaroni would be past a joke for D. And punishing pars a must for United. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting alongside me today are George Cran. Hello. Alan Temple. Morning. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Dundee first today. Well, well, there's something we won't have to say for the rest of this season. (laughs) Dundee-ish. George. I was looking uh, just before I came in this morning. I mean, uh, uh, I I, I don't like to be depressing, negative, grumpy. But I keep I keep reading. Uh, oh, top six is still on. They've won once in their last eight games. Six times this season they've been ahead, and not won the game. Mm-hmm. This is not the form of a team heading for the top six, and a team that I still say should be concentrating on cementing its place in the league in its first year back. Discuss, yeah. George. Discuss. <laughs> Well, on that front, I'm worried. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking more at the, the team has to stay up in the division, and they've got a healthy gap over bottom, which is always a good start. Four points over, eleventh place as well. At this stage of the season, Dundee over the past few years tend not to be in this sort of position after the first half of the season, but there's definitely issues to be ironed out. Um, as you say, one win in eight, eight. That win was that. Uh, 96th minute winner at Ross County, so it mm-hmm. could easily have, have oh, you're ended more in a draw. than me. <laughs> <laughs> but there was other games they could have won as well. Um, they just have, they've lost their way a wee bit. Um, obviously, lost one of the best players in Owen Beck, but they've a lot of injuries, new faces coming in. There's just a, feel like a, a kind of team in transition at the moment that Tony Dockett's trying to figure out what his team actually is right now because I was having a look at the the defence that he picked at Kilmarnock which surprised quite a few people um, but there's obviously reasons for that injuries and stuff of what well, the first half of the season his first choice back five the only one that was there was Joe Shaughnessy mm-hmm. including the goalkeeper the back three and the, and the two wing backs uh, McGee was there but he was instead of his usual right wing back he was a centre back so the they based a lot of their success in the first half of the season on being really solid defensively, picking up clean sheets, and they've they've not they've not got that defence at the moment that, that served them so well, and I think that's affecting them more than maybe expected. Yeah, that was that's the other thing I was going to say. Bear the stats say seven goals conceded in the last three games, but in terms of minutes, it's just over two games. It's, I think it was in the last fifteen minutes mm-hmm. or so in Kilmarnock. They lost two goals just before the break. Mm. They do need to be more solid, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. And you look at their goal difference now, and it's up to uh, minus seven. And for a while, Dundee were sitting around sort of minus one, minus two, which is a good place yeah. to be for, for a, a team like Dundee. Um, yeah, they'll have let it slip a wee bit. And as George has pointed out, the personnel changes probably hasn't helped that. The game against... Hearts, uh, I've got to say, I'm not going to blame the defence 
for that. I mean, it was a second half collapse, but it wasn't entirely down to face. The defence was put under a ridiculous amount of pressure. Yeah. The centre-backs and the goalkeeper, because the ball continually kept coming back at them from either side. Um, and that was purely down to the fact that you just couldn't keep the ball when it was up top, when it was in, in midfield. First half, they were great. There was a lot of nice triangular stuff. They, they kept possessing, they broke forward. Um, but from the moment uh, Luke McCown went yeah, off, yeah. they seemed to lose it a wee bit and Hearts just came forward and drove. Now, we've seen that when they play Celtic and Rangers and Celtic Rangers can do that to you. You just don't get a chance to get out of your box. But against Hearts, you would expect Dundee to be better. And I would think Tony Doherty had a word with quite a number of the players didn't do enough to retain possession when when Dundee were under the caution, but mm-hmm. they could have done much, much more. And, you know, he made, three, I think it was about five changes for yeah. the game against Hearts. I wouldn't be surprised to see in our five changes against Livingston on, on Saturday, Tom, because there'd be a number of boys he was not happy with. I'm sure, yeah. although he came out in the press afterwards and, 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 and to the media, spoke to the media afterwards, and was, you know, he was he was quite complimentary about his team's first half show, certainly. I'm sure in the changing room he would be much more vocal on how they performed in that second half and left them and no, you know, no sort of thinking that, you know, that was a poor second half performance and they need to improve. Why is Alan Temple laughing? Because have other been, than his United allegiance. No, no, don't be silly about that. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> okay. it's uh, having covered uh, Hearts for quite a long time. I can tell you just how close the dressing rooms are to the press room. Um, it's just kind of yes, slightly I, down the corridor. Yes, so here, um, I can, I can, um, uh, from feedback and not from George, I should no. say, absolutely not from George, but from feedback from a couple of boys that I know that were uh, in that press room. The the the. Um, uh, I, I don't think Tony Docherty was calm in the dressing room, um, <laughs> but saying all the right things uh, afterwards. So that's good management, isn't it? Yeah, and just I mean, it's that thing. I mean, I do, I do sound depressing, but and, and but you can't get away from them. They'd be delighted in terms of points with where they are. Yeah, just now. But it's just, it's, and you delighted with it. even I saw the Kilmarnock uh, game last Saturday. Once, once they'd lost the game in the first three minutes, <laughs> they actually didn't play badly. No, mm. didn't never looked like scoring to be honest. First half on uh, Tuesday night, they might have snuck a third just mm. before half time, but the the other side of that's the lapses. I mean, the the second half at Tynecastle seems to have been all one way traffic. Not just, not just that the defence were having to deal with balls into the box all the time. It was balls into the box from good areas. Mm. They weren't even, you know, forcing hearts deep or hurrying them or stuff like that. It was all, it all seemed to be measured passes and crosses in the final third. And now any defence is going to struggle. Yeah. To, not to concede over a 45-minute period like that. I've got to credit hearts for that, the, the way they played. I mean, yeah. the, there was good movement. Yeah, yeah. there is the Tynecastle factor but, too. If hearts, if the crowd get up and hearts get on top of you, it's hard to get out. But you're right, they shouldn't be getting down the line continually. The ball shouldn't be coming back mm. continually. And it just, just wasn't good enough from Dundee. From the, I'll, I'll, I'll say honestly, the front two, I've got to keep the ball much better. And in midfield, I've got to keep the ball. And there comes a time when you've got to put your tackle on as well, Tom. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't... That's, I think Dundee are, are missing that in midfield. You know what I mean? I was surprised that, that Mo Salah didn't get a chance. I'm, I'm not picking Tony Doherty's team for him, but I thought he did quite well. I think he's been dis- he's even wins the ball back. I thought yeah. he was the man to come on yeah. when, when things started looking as though they were getting a bit tougher. Um, disappointing for a first goal. I don't Experience know what, I've got to say, well. Yeah, I've got to say, I don't know what Lyle Cameron's doing. Um, he's, he's guessed. I think. He's guessed the guys yeah. were going to pass and stepped out of the way. And, you, you know, and the, to be fair, it was a terrific, terrific finish. Um, 
And then the second goal, Derek Estello is a mile off his man at the back post and it makes it easier. Third goal takes a bit of a deflection, I've got to say, but we spoke before coming on air, Hearts could have scored a few more in that second yeah. half. You know, so I think Hearts probably rather deserved one, mm. I would say. You know, um, Dundee could have been unfortunate with it when Boateng goes through and... and uh, he's clearly outside the box I have to say it was a it was a as soon as I saw it I was like how is he given that you know I I was sitting when I saw those incidents I feel sorry for whoever invented VAR because VAR's not the problem it's the people that are looking (laughs) hey the penalty that that Carson Uh, makes a brilliant save where on earth is there a penalty there and then the penalty that was awarded to Dundee you can see daylight between the tackle and the line and you're like I know. I was, Who's giving yeah. a penalty there? Yeah, I know. I know. So uh, yeah, both wrong, but at least at least they got the yeah, right, right call on, on the Dundee one. Unfortunately, got, well, I think yeah, you'd have preferred they got the wrong yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your right job. Two wrongs might have made a point. Yeah, we could have could have got something out of that. But I'm just looking at Dundee's run here, okay? And, and uh, you know, we've been talking about them coming back after the break, but transition. But Dundee have been on an incredibly tough run. You look at mm-hmm. since the start of December. Uh. Until the end of January, by my reckoning, they'll have played nine games by the time they play Aberdeen. Eight of them will have been away from home. Mm-hmm. And the one game that was at Dens was against Celtic. Now, that obviously doubting the fact that Dundee had two games called off at Dens Park because of the elements. Yeah. But it doesn't give you a real opportunity to pick up a head of, head of steam, a bit of momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Dundee, looking on the positive side, they've done, they've done all right to keep themselves... Where they are, there are concerning signs there. I think you can't put it down the, the personnel changes that they've made. But I would trust the first half that performance at Saint Castle was good. For seventy minutes at Kilmarnock was good, but they need to do the important things better. Yeah, you know mm. you can't ship goals in this league. That's the worry. That's the worrying thing for me. Are they going to start being a team who look like they look fragile with every time the ball goes in the box? And at Saint Castle in the second half, they were. Mm. I he mentioned well Cameron. I think was talking a where he's at in mm-hmm. terms of on, on Tuesday night because it was a great finish for, for his goal and yep. it kind of showed his we all know his quality on the ball but defensively I think he's still learning uh, certainly at premiership level um, there was a few times where it, the ball just got past him too easily and yep. I think that's certainly something that that's where he needs to if he wants to become a really top pre- premiership uh, class player or, or go down but, south but and you really need to we've spoken about the fact that to play Kyle Carmen, you really need a bit of experience yeah, around yeah. him mm-hmm. somebody to take the weight and no disrespect to, to Boateng and even Josh Mulligan they are not at the stage of their careers where they take command of a game yeah. you need somebody who can get on the ball make tackles and you know do the and job and you go back to the, what I mentioned there the Tynecastle factor yeah. Even when you're playing well at Tynecastle, you can be under the cosh. Now, the fact that Dundee have got an experienced goalkeeper, ex- experienced central defenders, these guys were too busy doing their own job. Mm-hmm. I, To me, it was crying out for experience in the midfield to help the kids out. Because they're, they're, they're all, all these kids that were involved at Tynecastle, great footballers. But there's another side to the game, mm-hmm. and that's the side you have to learn. So, well, Tony Docky kind of said that after the game obviously it's sort of too late by that point but he said that a lot of them hadn't played at Tynecastle before and it's that was maybe a factor um, so I mean he's still he's been around the game a long long time but he's still learning being, being number one making mm-hmm. making all the calls so I think we need to remember that as well that he's, he's a very new manager I think you have to say in fairness credit to Hearts too because 
the Tyne Castle crowd gets mm. on top well, of the team oh, that's losing. They, they can get on top yeah, of their own team so. and oh, by half time on Saturday they'd be right on the backs of yeah. their own players and it takes a There's bit of character for them. I think that'll be the really disappointing thing for Tony Doherty because knowing Tyne Castle quite well that that'll have that atmosphere will have got incredibly toxic. I mean George well, was there. So Naismith said yeah. that word. So yeah, yeah, I mean and it would have remained so, you know, this yeah. notion that the crowd somehow inspired the performance. Mm. With the best will in the world, they don't really they do don't that. Do that no. As, uh, the crowd would have remained toxic the longer mm. that game went on. And it's Dundee by allowing Hearts to get back into yeah. the game that have snowballed that effect. So, yeah, the, I'm sure the crowd and, and the atmosphere and the Tyne Castle factor was um, relevant by the end of it. But it's Dundee allowing Hearts yeah. back into the game mm. that has sparked that. Because otherwise, that crowd factor would have gone the other way the longer that game had been mm. on like that and it would have been a really nasty place for Hearts to play their football if maybe Dundee had just held out maybe another 10-15 minutes longer and it had approached the closing stages so that'll be a big frustration because they did that so well in terms of um, frustrating the home crowd yeah, and yeah. playing well in the first half yeah. to, to have a, you know completely Two failed to do that goals as well yeah. I was actually just going to ask speaking of the um, difference between players that are doing well attacking and defensively mm. the, the Dara Costello signing I was watching the highlights and he did so well for that second goal yeah, the Lyle Cameron's yeah. goal and then as, as Bear's pointing out the, the defensive side of it just uh, is he going to continue at wing back is, is that his best position or is that going to be a problem I don't know I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's a kind of um, kind of forced into it at the moment because I'd Tony Docky doesn't seem to want to particularly change from his, his 3-5-2, which has worked really well in the first half of the season. Um, but he's not got Owen Beck, mm-hmm. and he was a big part of that, trying to figure that one out. Castell's obviously come in. We can see he's obviously more suited to being an attacking player, and he's kind of said he's happy to play anywhere, but he sees himself as a winger, yeah. forward type. And I think he's been fine on the ball. He was sending a lot of dangerous crosses at Kamara. I think he's, there's certainly... Looks like a player that'll be useful to Dundee, but yeah, there's there's he's certainly better going forward than he has been defensively, and particularly at places away at Kilmarnock, away at Hearts, you need to sit yeah. in and defend at times, and I think he's certainly learning that. It was interesting at Kilmarnock actually because Dundee's wing backs were both kind of attacking, or Ryan Howley played in the right, he's usually a centre mid. Kilmarnock played two wingers as their wing backs. So the two yeah. <laughs> both sides were making hay down attacking wise <laughs> down the flanks, but defensively were really struggling. Ah, meaning away, uh, what I'm about to say, I qualify with the fact it's own fault because they're the coaches and they teach them. But I'd hate to be a manager in the modern game looking for a young, strong defensive full back or wing back because it seems to me the defending side of the game, they seem to learn. When they're when they're in the first team, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're all they're all the fashion is attack. The fashion's Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander Arnold. They all want attacking mm-hmm. players that get up the park, and, and and the bit that seems to be missing certainly in their early years is always the defensive side. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's interesting the way the game's evolved. I mean, I think back to when Gary Neville was considered one of the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. Gary Neville would be considered. Dulles dishwater in the <laughs> yeah. modern game, like Christian Panucci playing for Italy again, uh-huh. all defensive, defensive, defensive. Uh-huh. Whereas totally different game now, isn't it? It's completely. Mm. Uh, I think, um, yeah, Cafu's got an awful lot to answer. It's <laughs> 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 oh, <his fault. laughs> Dundee had a Cafu of their own for a while, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes, Gary Irvin. Tom, results can, can change a manager's thinking. 
And the way Dundee have conceded in their last couple of games, does Tony Doherty now give up some of that attacking press yeah. for and to look more on a defensive side? Mm. So he might he might look to someone that is more certainly on 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 the left hand side. So he is a bit more defensive in that situation. It will take away from going forward, but they'll have to stop. What's well, happening. yeah, I think that the the other own that they signed, Owen Dodgson, I think yeah. he's mm-hmm. maybe picked for that um, right. that. Slot because he, he is a defender, but he's he's played that wing back role and he, he looks pretty good in the ball from from what we've seen. That I quite liked what I saw on, on Tuesday. Um, still got a fair bit to learn, I would say. But the 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 knock on effect has been that Ricky Lamy's missing, and I think they've really missed Ricky Lamy. Um, and Patalas is missing, and there's somebody else I think who's. Stop telling us they're missing. <laughs> tell us, tell us they're back. Well, we'll find out this afternoon if any of them are back. Hopefully, as I say, I think Ricky Lamy has been a big miss. Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing the effect he's had on the team it's since he's been out of it. He's got a calming I mean. influence, Ricky Lamy. He's an experienced he, he defender. Does, he's, he makes, he's big. He makes he's physical. Look he doesn't yeah. get himself into situations that look awkward. He just yeah. does the job. Uh, obviously, Dallas has done well too. Yeah, but Dallas has been fine. I mean, we, spoke, He's a good we spoke last week about Lee Ashcroft, and Lee Ashcroft's come in and played the last two games. And I feel it's sorry for him because I don't think he's done too much no. wrong, to be perfectly honest. But he's been on the losing side twice, and that's what people will look yeah. at Ashcroft's back in the last two games. But I don't think he's done too much wrong. No, but I, th- I do think Ricky Lamy, I think we've seen this season that Ricky Lamy's maybe yeah. a step ahead of him at the moment. Uh, but he's. he's the hamstring issue at the moment. I mean, even for all we've said on the field, I, I totally understand. It must be difficult for a manager when you've got the young, exciting, attack-minded talent in that area that Tony Doherty's got. That when you say, "Well, it's time to take him out," and you've got two or three options of the same kind of exciting player, hmm. I mean, it's hard to condemn a manager for wanting to put out on the park players that fans love to see. But sometimes, I mean, w- one thing that sort of crossed my mind in the wake of uh, Tuesday night is there's a there's a great foundation more than a foundation that Dundee just now to build on but they have to be doing they can only build on it in the summer if they're still in the Premier League and that's to me has got to be the priority yeah I think you know I think sometimes you've got to got to try and, and, and relax you know when, when you're in a situation like this they've started the season really well as George mentioned right at the start of the podcast it's a situation they've not been in for a long, long time where yeah. they find themselves in mid-table, well away from the foot of the table, a, a points gap to the team that's in 11th, 11th place, but they've got to keep picking up points. That was yeah. That's what I've always said. Dundee teams in the past have gone on runs that have been horrendous mm-hmm. and have taken them, either either relegated mm-hmm. them at, at this point in time in the season or have taken them right into the mix. We don't want to see that. I don't see that coming the way that... The way they're, they're playing, the way they're set up, the game plan was perfectly executed in the first half at Tynecastle. Mm-hmm. But games last 90 minutes, we've seen this season with Dundee, they've struggled to put 90 minutes together. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen games, I go back to the Motherwell game at, at you know, yeah, yeah. for part, they were brilliant in that first half, allowed Motherwell to get back in. And there's been other times in, throughout the season where they've, they've really struggled. And that could be down to the fact that they've got a lot of inexperienced players in the side. When things start going wrong in games, They've not got a, a settling period where you go, okay, you're not going to get your own way for 90 minutes against any team. But see, when you've not got, the other team's got the upper hand, 
let's just make mm -hmm. sure that we, we sort of make this life as difficult as possible for them. And that didn't happen against mm -hmm. Hearts at Tynecastle. Jordan McGee actually said that after the game. It's right. in the paper today, okay. uh, yeah. talking about being kind of streetwise. And yeah. when that first goal goes in, mm -hmm. you just have to try and calm things down and, and not let, let it go away from you. And, and they kind of allowed that to happen. And, and ironically, the, <coughs> after throwing the game away in those first few minutes at Kilmarnock, they, they did that quite well. After once yeah, the, yeah. once they got over the the disastrous start and mm. they settled down, Kilmarnock didn't have many chances. No, in in that game, but the game they oh, didn't need they to. The game it, was it won. Kilmarnock honestly thought that if they got a goal back, they were they could have been on the point. Oh. Of what actually Which won they the seem game. to do. And only the referee knew not, why it wasn't. Yeah, I think, well, think it was offside, but yeah, it was if, one of these ones. Yeah. If far was in place, which it could have been, uh, the teams could have used it if they wanted to. But I've got to say as well. I mean. I'm, I'm, we'll speak about Adam Lexton's. He gets back in and finds himself losing mm. two goals in the first couple of minutes. Now, I think he was probably caught low for the first one in terms of he wasn't sharp enough off his line nah, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Dundee fans criticising him for the second one. I, I'm not so second sure about that. Exposed, was, you know, you've got to you've got to win the win the header in the box in the first one. But I really felt felt for him yeah, going too. off because he's not played for six months. And here he is going off after sort of thirty odd minutes. He obviously has a problem with his vision. I knew there was something up his, and. Uh, you know, his head was down, and I, f I felt for him. I yeah, hope, I, I hope that's you know. because it, you know, because he's been a big part of Dundee over the last. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. can remember going down to Kilmarnock and being part of the team that won down there in, in the playoff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope that's. I hope he gets another chance at Danes, but uh, I hope that's not, not that's not the way he ends his Dundee, Dundee career because uh, he deserved better. Than that. No, yeah, I would I would echo that as well. Um, you could see, I think the subs were coming in and asking if yeah. he was okay and stuff like that. You could see there was there was something not quite right. Um, but yeah, no, I certainly hope to see him Dundee shirt again. But Trevor Carson's number one, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, so. Deservedly so. And hey, guys, look on the bright side. One thing, I mean, for all my doom and gloom of a few minutes ago, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not pretending I'm not worried about Livingston on Saturday, but three points at Livingston on Saturday, even I would say Bottom's out of the picture now. Yeah, I would say that. As and well. it's yeah. a great, it's a big, it's a big prize this early in the season. Big opportunity for Dundee to go and go and do that. I think you're right. Three points on Saturday, Livingston certainly aren't, aren't going to catch them. And I think, I'll be honest with you, every other team, I'm sorry David Martin, but every other team that are, that are in the bottom half of that table will be hoping Dundee go and take three points against yeah. Livingston on, <laughs> on Saturday. Um, but they beat Ray Throvers last week, so they've taken a bit of heart from that. Mm -hmm. So we need to, we need to be cautious. Um, but I think Dundee have got, they're, they're putting a good performance here the last time at Livy. Bit of a sort of first half was Eeksy Peeksy, but Dundee stepped it right up in the second half and, and ran out deserved winners. Could have won by, by more, mm. I think it was two. Um, so, yeah, interesting again to see what sort of lineup he puts out after the midweek performance. I, I, I'd expect changes, but uh, no, it's a great opportunity for Dundee. The pressure is all on Livingston, Tom. The yeah. pressure is all mm. on Livingston. They've got to get a result there. It's actually amazing Livingston aren't more out of the picture when yeah. you look at that league table. Mm -hmm. they've, won, they've won two games in 21, mm -hmm. yet they're still only six points yeah. off potential safety. It really is remarkable. And you do, I don't know if you were one of the teams around them, you'd be worried about the fact that Livingston haven't had their... Every team tends to have a wee yeah. run, a wee bounce at some yeah. point, and Livy in particular, that would be a very Livy thing to do. They, yeah. They've tended to do it most seasons. So I'd be slightly worried about just how uh, not... Completely adrift, Livingston are at this well, point. That, well, kind of, that kind of happened with St Johnston as well. They were absolutely awful at the start mm -hmm. of the season, and they'd never really got cut adrift too much. Um, but I, I think 
the games against Levy for Dundee have been quite strange this season. They've won both games. They were much better than them at Livingston, I thought. And then Livingston came and played really well at the ends and, and looked the better team in the first half and Dundee eventually saw that game out with Luke McCowan well, scoring that free kick. kick. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they need him to be playing, I think, on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just been far and away that Dundee's best player it showed, this season. It showed during the week how much he's come on, yeah. Tom, because we spoke before about, about the consistency. Luke McCowan is a big, big player for Dundee. Now he doesn't lose possession. Bear, we spoke so much about that consistency. We want a cut of, <laughs> we want a cut of his yeah. £5 million transfer yeah. that will come in the next couple of years. I'm hoping he's, he's fit for Livingston. That's for sure. I mean, Tony Docherty said it was precautionary. Yeah, it did look precautionary. A bit of tightness yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed he can play. And I mean, one thing, for all it could be a a big win for Dundee. One thing they know, Livingston in general, but also Dundee have done it to themselves. Livingston and every other team are going to say, now, keep going. Doesn't matter if they're ahead, doesn't matter if they're playing really well, keep going against Dundee. Mm. That's what happens. Because you might, and it, it does. And, and that'll be, you know that'll be a feature of team talks. Yep. Or a half time if they're, if the opposition are running all down, you know the opposition manager and senior players are going to be saying, keep going, keep going, because they'll, they'll give you a chance. And that's maybe puts extra pressure on Dundee. It does a wee bit, but Dundee need to get that out of their system. Yeah. I mean, they've got enough clean sheets this season to suggest mm-hmm. that they've got players there that can get back to, you know, keeping it, keeping it tight. And I, like I say, I don't, I'm not going to blame this. Sometimes you, you mean you lose goals, you can, you can pinpoint it in, on the defence in the centre. I, I would say it's not that's not their problem. No. It is it is more coming from the wide areas and in, in, in front of the defence. Who's you know who's blocking the shots? Who's who's stopping the runners, etc., etc. So they've got a bit of work to do defensively. But Tony Doherty will have that drummed into them. There's absolutely no mm. doubt they've been working on that from Tuesday right through to Saturday's game. That's one thing part of their game they'll be working on. And heaven help the person who doesn't track around or, <laughs> oh, I know. or, t- right. or get a tackling. That is one wee issue that at the moment, obviously, they're, they're struggling a bit. Um, but there's so many games that they don't really have much time yeah. to, to do much work on, on the training field. And I think that helped certainly in the first half of the season that Tony Docky managed to get a lot of coaching into his team. Um, and he's not able to do that with these new players that have come in. There's four new faces in the building. Um, and they're kind of learning on the job. The, the, they're not getting to train and, and speak to their, their new teammates that much because they're basically having one or two training days a week. One thing I would say about that from the days when Dundee liked a, liked a European player, the, the European players used to say, well, you used to have to walk through things in the afternoon. You don't have to run all the time. You can. One of the <laughs> problems is the weather here, but, but northern Italy, parts of Spain, is very wet in the winter as well. You can, you can have players out in the pitch on an yeah. afternoon with their tracksuits on, showing them where to stand, walking them through mm. stuff without sort of physical exertion. I mean, it's, it was always news to me, but apparently some people work an eight-hour day. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still it's able to do rude. drills. They're still able to do drills yeah. and get in a place, ah. what they're doing, what they're doing wrong. Um, I, I'll go to Derek Costello, I think it should Did be. It, I think it's Costello. Derek yeah. Costello, the, the, the goal from... Crossed a goal on Tuesday. Uh, Tony Dockery will, will, will you know, That's make him well. Too enough, easy. Enough, it's enough, an open goal for doing, me. But, I mean, he did sell one up as well, though, to be fair. <laughs> I've got to say, remember... Uh, it's a good flip. Yeah, I, I remember Owen Beck losing a similar goal against yeah. Johnson at Perth. When I, got, go, he, I he always say about Owen Beck. Owen Beck, and before we finish Dundee, we'll touch on that <laughs> briefly, but uh, I, Owen Beck, great player. 
But he was another one, another fullback that still had to yeah. learn to defend. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so they'll work on that. And as Tony Doherty says, you learn from your mistakes. It's when you do it continually that you're not going to be in the yeah. team. You'll be, you'll not be back uh-huh. in that team because they do. Although they've made, the, you know, they have a few boys out. They've still got a, a big squad there. There is a big squad. They've still got a big squad. So Tony Doherty will, 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 will put boys and he's in. Not, he's who not are going to do the job for him. Yeah. Afraid to retain. No, him. and we'll need to mention before we finish about Kamikaze, obviously. Yeah, there's a bit. There is a big squad, and they need to cut some, cut some players from it. Uh, unfortunately, that it seems like it's going to be the end of Cami Kerr's ten years plus. One of my sources in Tesco <laughs> suggested Inverness. That's been the, that's yeah, been that's, the link. I think that's pretty, that's pretty, yeah. pretty much done. You spend morning. a lot of time yeah. in Tesco, Tom Duffy. Yes, I do. That'd be an <laughs> interesting one, Cami Kerr and Duncan Ferguson together. Obviously, Dundee links. Um, Gary Boland. Yeah. Now, you should remember this, but there is a link between Gary Bolan and Kami Kerr. He's daughter <laughs> went to school or something. Mm. Right. Because she did work experience. Very talented. Oh, yeah, she yeah, did work experience here. Yeah, she actually, right, she yeah. actually, in a sports sense, I would add, she, she talked about Kami a lot more than her dad. Yeah. I, was thinking, you're, you're, I was thinking, your old man was actually a very good player. Did yeah. you know this? <laughs> but she's like, I was at school with Kami Kerr. Right, yeah. so well, you, you lived in the same room. It's a boy that played in the Champions League. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it'd just be strange to see him in a different shirt. It would, it would, but I think it's, you know what, it, it gets to a point where it, it's the best for all concerned. Kami Kerr doesn't. If he's not going to play. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be playing yeah. games. He's too good a player. He's at a good age. He's fat. What's not to like about Kami Kerr? Mm. I would suggest that, you know, that there'll be more than Inverness interested in Kami Kerr. So. He's, he's a good, honest professional. He's a good defender. All right, he's got maybe got limitations going forward, but as a defender, he's one of the best. He's I was going to say, Bert, I would suggest that Kami Kerr's coming to the end of his Dundee days, but mm. I would be more than happy to see that in the summer mm. because it's about yeah. consolidation just now and, mm. and don't shore up the defence, don't give away goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and he's very good, very strong defensively. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, and it looks like Dundee United will probably face Zach Rodden at some point. Before the end of the season, it looks like the entire championship, apart from United, are after him. Yeah, as so. I pointed out in the group chat, that's that's very audacious for some of the teams at the bottom. <laughs> yes. With the best will in the world, I'm not sure Zach's going to a broth. No, um, no. He'll be that's a. a that's kind of uh, Yeah, he'll be a. He'll be a. I think he'll be a fine asset for anyone in the championship. Yeah, He's quite so. clearly a proven championship attacker, and he'll bring physicality, energy, ability to hold the ball up at championship level. Um, to, to most teams mm. in that division so I would expect at some point uh, Declan Gallagher and Kevin Holt to have a right old Rami with him at some yes. point um, but it'll be interesting to see where he, where he ends up I, I um, yeah I don't know maybe I, I would suggest maybe if they can afford a, a chunk a sufficient chunk of his wages I would suspect Dunfermline might be yeah, a good fit that, because yeah. obviously you've got the James McFake James McPake factor I should say and also that guaranteed that he'll probably play every week and be the focal point of that team mm. whereas if he goes to Wraith Rovers you've got a very capable Jack Hamilton who mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have to battle with for a starting spot so um, I think um, I think Dunfermline could make a great mm-hmm. deal of sense for him There's a little bit of a surprise though because it's Started a lot of games. This I know. I, I mean, I was uh, obviously you'd be far more um, able to explain that than me. But I was a wee bit surprised by that when you look at how many games he's played. Yeah, I think Charlie it's, Riley's look good in his. Yeah, well, that might be a fact. Yeah, well, I think it's just Curtis Main coming in. It's just pushed, yeah. running down the pecking order, and uh, I think they maybe stretch the budget a bit to get Curtis Main in. So mm. they need to 
the need to make our back. And they've got five strikers with main coming in and possibly Michael Mellon. Beck, back. Back, well, back. we'll see if Andy Robertson was on the bench. Yeah, he was on the bench, and Simakas is supposed to be near it. Mm-hmm. And, and Liverpool very kindly put Beck on at Bournemouth last. What a great yeah. team, Liverpool. He did well. So that no, n- did well. Nobody, else, nobody else can use him. Uh, but, I mean, George and I being a bit anarchy, yeah. we, we looked at the rules, didn't we, George? And you can actually we? sign for... What's we? Well, separately. <laughs> you, you mentioned you'd done it too. We never speak to each other. No, no I was, it was Bear, Bear was thinking that uh, somebody else might sign him. Yeah. No, but it, there's a the strange rule that you can sign for three different clubs in one season, but you can only play for two of them. Yeah. yeah. That's about <laughs> well, Dundee, Dundee fans will be hoping desperately that that might well he be does the case. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if one bet comes back. I'm not sure where that leaves Owen Dodson and, and well, Dodson's shown he can play inside. Ryan so. Ashley and yeah. and you know, sure. what's the other big defender that we don't have on on the Portales, Portales, no, no, Alame, on the other side, Donnelly, Donnelly, Donnelly. Yeah. Donnelly. Where did it all fit into this team? Well, I think if you can get, I think if you can take him yeah. back, don't you? Yeah. You can never have too many good yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. If you can afford to take them. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. That's for Tony Docherty to worry about. I'm, I'm sure he could make the argument. Do you know that? Uh, I'm, I'm so Dufford. sad that I even looked back to when Zach Robinson went back to Wimbledon last yeah. season to see if you, you played for your parent club when the loan was cancelled. Were you allowed to then be loaned out again yeah. to the same? Mm. And he actually he had five minutes for Wimbledon. Uh, it was a, bit a year barely, ago. Yeah. And then, so are Beck's allowed to come back yeah. if you. If Jurgen. If you want him to come back, and having watched that game last last Sunday, luckily he played at Bournemouth. Is there a more boring stadium? Or not? It's not. It's not like he's going to say, "Oh, the atmosphere down here." Honestly, Tom, I watched that game and I was delighted to see him back coming on for obvious reasons. And then he had the ball, and, and there was a wee passage of play in the middle of the park. And next thing, I saw him sprinting through the middle of the uh-huh. at centre forward, and that is just Owen Beck. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, Owen, you'll get away with that at Dundee, but I can't <laughs> see you getting away for too long. At Liverpool have got to say, but full of energy. I, mean, I thought he did well. He, yeah. he played a what? Well, he kicked off the move that ended up on a goal, yeah. which I think. Uh, full of energy. You can yeah. see that. Who cares what Hopefully. he did? Just the fact he was on the park yeah. has given that us was, hope. Yeah. yeah. Could hear the seas over in the west. The old fun <laughs> fans, oh no! Oh, Liverpool hate us now. Right, Alan, bear with me here. There is a there is a point at the end of, to what I'm about to say regarding Dundee United in the Championship. puts me puts me in mind of a Grand Prix when the safety cars come out. There's been lots of action in the first half of the season. Suddenly, everybody's just sort of going along behind that safety car but as of Saturday the safety car's going into the pit lane United really need to get their foot on the accelerator now that was that was extended that was that was tortured I'm not I'm I'm not even convinced it works no I thought I I, I wasn't sure but I thought about it before it came in I thought no I do like that Six, five, a couple of fours. Some (laughs) safety car in the first half of the season. Um, I think, and and no, I just mean you know, everything's sort of halted in the last couple of weeks for various reasons. It feels like the it feels like um, the second half of the campaign, particularly when the transfer window shuts, is the home straight. If you like, although there's still a long way to go, Um, teams have their final squads effectively, and 
um, it becomes uh, a point where the finishing line is, is in sight. And uh, Dundee United will be delighted that they are um, setting the pace at this moment in time. Um, but I think it's been a very good break. It has been a very, very good break. Our, our um, columnist mm-hmm. Lee Wilkie rightly pointed that out. Um, there's been a became a bit of a grind uh, towards the, the the tail end of of 2023 there for United in terms of a couple of injury issues and uh, it should be noted injury issues that aren't remotely as bad as teams like Abroath and Dunfermline have mm-hmm. you know they're far better equipped to handle that than some teams in the championship are but nevertheless they were key absences to key players guys like Ross Doherty Declan Gallagher Louis Mole suspension to Craig Sibyl these things are um, um, for you know not ideal at all regardless of what kind of squad you've got and what expectations are there so the fact that they're now approaching this Dunfermline game with aside from Declan Gallagher a completely full strength team by the looks of it with the addition of Alec Grieve and David Wallerspoon yeah. uh, both of whom have had a now a fortnight of training to get mm-hmm. used to the shapes the actions the fitness um, and even just the fact that I think uh, as far as I'm aware the boys have had something like three or four days off which will recharge them you know help them get back in a good headspace get away from football for a bit come back refreshed I think while Wraith Rovers were um, you know losing in the um, in the Scottish Cup although I'm sure United would have loved to have been in the Scottish Cup that's a good break for United and they've got no excuse not to come back fully refreshed um, big expectations, strong eleven, and very importantly, you know, hopefully putting on a, a, a decent result and a decent performance at, at Tannadice, where the performances haven't quite been on a par with what they've done on the road so far this season. Aye, I mean it's interesting. Wraith suddenly they go into the weekend on the back of two defeats, one of them in the cup, and not a, not a shock because they were playing Premier League opposition. But first, first we challenge for them. Yeah, absolutely. They are. They have not dealt well with being uh, top of the league as they were. Uh, that's no secret. That's not um, you know me being insulting to them. Their manager has effectively pointed that out on occasion. So um, that's a, a, another. You know, if we're looking at this from a United perspective, because it's a you know podcast on them rather than Wraith Rovers, then that's a positive. You're Dundee United. You're mm-hmm. looking at them thinking. Well, they've not handled well, being pace setters brilliantly. Well, since they beat United, they haven't won, have they? Yeah, I, I think, think they beat Dunfermline. They were, um, but that's one, the, one win in five or something. One win, like yeah. yeah. So, um, so they have won, George. So <laughs> they've <laughs> lost three in a row, though, I think. Yeah. So, no, it's been... They, they have, they've been they've been poor, and they've, their own players have come in from, for criticism from their own manager, particularly um, after the Abroth game when the goalkeeper scored a screamer from distance. Yes. Um, so... By all accounts, I didn't see the game, but by all accounts, they were um, they were actually quite good against yeah, Livingston. Yeah. But you know, that's the other side of the coin. That's the other side of the coin that Wraith Rovers have benefited from at times this season. There have been games where they've not been brilliant, mm-hmm. but the decisive moments within those games have gone the way of Wraith Rovers. Now they're maybe in that period, and this is what football is all about: it's the peaks and troughs that we all know mm-hmm. will happen over the course of a season. They're now in a period where. Um, those toss for coins are landing on the decisive moments going against Wraith Rovers. So it's now about Dundee United seeking to take advantage of that. They're in a very good position. The goal difference is a lot better than Wraith Rovers. They are a game in hand, albeit away at Morton, who seem to have uh, something of a hex over United yeah. this season. But it's it's all relatively positive in terms of personnel and the uh, the the direction both clubs appear to be going at this moment in time in the in the title race. But a lot can change both at the 
tail end of the transfer window in terms of what business both clubs do and also just in terms of results. So um, United need to, as, uh, you know, as you rightly say, they need to kind of get into top gear, he says vaguely, going <laughs> back to your uh, metaphor. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Well, you rescued it. <laughs> the other thing that occurs me, to me in, uh, after the result last week and a wee bit of a pickup, would it be wrong to ignore Patrick Thistle just now? I was going to mention that. Um, I was going to say. I, mean, I think Chris Doolan will be saying to his players, "You can, you can get back yeah, into this." The, the title. Yeah, the championship pendulum has swung. I mean, you know, you had it uh, with them for so long, and then Wraith, Wraith took it, and now it's swung, it's swung back to United again. But if, if United and, and Wraith don't do their jobs properly, Partick, who is, I've got to say, they're another side who tend to, when just when they get going, tend to slip yeah. up at times, but. They're not that far away. Eight points is, is not a gap that can't can't be closed if they can you know if they, mm. if they can keep it going. They've got I think they've got a tough one on Saturday. I think they play Airdrie Onions who are, are, are going quite well themselves. But I wouldn't rule Partick Thistle out at this point in time. But it's really, I, I think it depends on. I would I would take a big collapse from. Yeah. For, you've got yeah. two teams there. It's not just one team. You've yeah, got yeah. Wraith Rovers mm-hmm. and United, and you know the pendulum is firmly back with United at this point in time, and you know. I, I, it's a game on Saturday where their fans will be expecting them to turn up and, and it's a big three points for them but they just, they just sort of you know urge caution and go back to the was it the first game of the season they played Dunfermline Island or it, it was very early it was early in the season at Tanner that he said, I think it was like, the first home game of the season first home mm-hmm. game maybe yeah and Dunfermline led for, for a long spell I think it took a late goal from United just to, just to get yeah. a point so yeah I mean there's going to be quite a few twists and turns I think United's business in the transfer window although there hasn't been much as really shrewd David Wallerspoon as we spoke about an, an unlocker of defences when defences sit tight and Alex Grieve a guy who can run in behind if there's space in the in the back there so where there's not been much there and United fans might be concerned by that fact I would say it's better to, to bring in quality rather than quantity and I think that's yeah. what, exactly what they've done so far and there's also there's that thing in there. Uh, me, I must admit, I, uh, I have my doubts about Patrick Thistle being able to sustain it. Mm-hmm. But go back to what I was just starting to say there. Chris Doolan will be saying to his players, "You keep winning, you've got a chance of getting back into this." And it means that United and Wraith, over the next few weeks, they want to keep winning because then they can kill that off. But the big thing about the championship again, everybody's got something to play for. Mm. Yeah, the, the point, that, the key point that Bear alludes to there is it's not just Partick Thistle having to pick up an eight points difference. It's the fact that Dundee United would need to pick up zero points over yeah. that, uh, over a comparable period, and Dundee United have lost two games in twenty. Uh-huh. So that doesn't seem overly likely. It would require a, a huge collapse, and um, I think you know when you look at the. Um, the quality of players United have got back going into the second half of the season. I, I can't see that that collapse coming. But yeah, I mean, you, you never know. Partick Thistle are a fine side. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to, I suspect they're going to find themselves in this kind of hinterland for the rest of the season where they're comfortably third. And it will be interesting to see how that helps them gear up to the playoffs. Yeah, because it, must, it must be, I think, privately. Start preparing look. for the playoffs in January. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, looking at the league, Thistle on tw- 36 and 3rd, Airdrie 27 and 4th. Chris Doolan privately is probably our, our, you know, in his mind is thinking, winning next five, six games, get enough points so you can then start sort of resting players mm. and stuff like that in the final quarter of the season, ready for the playoffs because he'll be He'll be expecting United and, and possibly Wraith to keep the, the gap at a manageable 
uh, size. But I agree on the recruitment point that Bear mm. says. I think it's been sharp so far and um, with the best will in the world, it's good that they've got Ollie Denham back down the road to Cardiff because that should free up a little bit of wiggle room mm -hmm. in terms of getting a centre half in. And if United can go into the second half of the season with um, a little bit more pace and versatility in attack, which is what they've got from Alec Grieve, some guile and ability to unlock defences centrally, which is what they've got from David Wallerspoon, and a right-footed centre-half that they trust to deputy for Declan Gallagher, which is what they're looking for, then that is basically every issue that they had in the first half of the season mm -hmm. ticked. So Are we going to get one before next week? I think so, yeah, I think so. They also managed to get Mark Berigiti out of the door. For seven Temporarily. days. Temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's Kelly or I don't know if Kelly are taking his wages for that seven days, but every little helps, I guess. Yeah, you'd uh, think um, so. But yes. wonder how they sold that to them. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was very late. You're going to be yeah. doing nothing, but do you want to do it someplace different <laughs> for a week? Why well, did he got on the pitch and warmed mm. up and that sort of stuff? Um, very good. Very. You have to say well done to Mark Berry. Oh, yeah. He could easily said no. Yeah. But well done to him for helping out, and, you know, another... Yeah, I think Derek McInnes, obviously I was in the press room when McInnes came in after the game and kind of spoke. Uh, the goalkeeper, uh, his name escapes me. Um, Hemming, is it? The number that? one? Yeah, yeah. Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. Hemming was last season. Um, he pulled up on the Friday, so it's basically last minute, who can we get? Yeah. And, and Mark Berrigate was, was the man, obviously. But... It's not the worst thing for him and for United that suddenly <laughs> Mark Berghese in a headline. Well, strange, and, yeah. strange things happen in football and you saw, I mean, you know, look at Harry Sharp. He would have thought uh -huh. he was never going to get back in the Dundee team this season. You know, It'd been almost a year. Order, yeah. And suddenly he finds himself at Kilmarnock on after on. 30 minutes. Uh -huh. and to be fair, Harry did well. Did well. Yep. Yeah. It speaks well to Mark's professionalism yeah. as uh -huh. well that he's uh -huh. clearly ticking along behind the scenes, fit enough to come into a match day squad yeah. and uh, you know do his warm up and be professional about things. I'm sure he'll be working hard in training this week with Kilmarnock, mm -hmm. um, and that speaks well to his professionalism. And I do hope, and you know, part of this is on Mark himself accepting you know new terms somewhere else when he's on mm. uh, good terms at, at Dundee United for the, the remainder of the season but I do hope it all gets sorted out and he gets something before the closure of the transfer window because although he was um, pretty poor last season to, to say the least with United there have been moments in his career that he has been a very yeah. capable yeah. goalkeeper particularly um, in his domestic league where football is, uh, is a very different beast to what it is in, in Britain so it would be good to see him go out and play football again because this situation yeah. doesn't really help anybody no. in particular. I think you find that the goalkeepers and, and you know because of the, the specialised position it is, you, you can find yourself frozen out at clubs and, and you, yeah. you might be a guy who is on a, a reasonable contract and, and you know it's not you've not put that contract under your nose yourself. No. Somebody's put it under mm -hmm. your nose so Absolutely. you're perfectly entitled to see yeah. it out should that be the case. So yeah, you sometimes wonder though. I mean, I, I saw a thing in the uh, in one of the reports this week about Benjamin Segrist, uh, the possibility of him moving from Celtic. But Benjamin Segrist was he a wants brilliant to go goalkeeper for for no. <laughs> <laughs> he well, don't know he does. Yeah, for, for, different, for a different reason. Yeah, yeah, but a brilliant goalkeeper. But you know, he spent the last couple of years you know warming the bench. You know, that, so you, yeah. I mean, obviously I, his bank account is is pretty healthy. I've got to say, but he has effectively. At an age, what was he, 28, 29 when he went mm. to Celtic? You know, the best years of his life, he spent two years warming Scott the Scott Baines 
taking over yeah. from him as That's the reserve. In some ways, I, when I see that at Celtic, to just but what I'm trying to say is not yeah. just Mar Baragiri who's ah goalkeeper. You have you've got the contract. You've just somebody's just got to say, well, I'm quite happy you're getting up that wage. And strange enough, when you get to a certain level, in terms of up the way, clubs are always going to have at least two decent goalkeepers. So you might find yourself. Mm. The but one that's not picked. It's become almost like a, a joke kind of meme thing down south, like with Scott Carson at Manchester City. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Champions League winner. With the yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think it was just a game the last game of the season. Exactly. And it's, I think well, it, after the Atletico game last season, Scott Carson's obviously their best fighter. So <laughs> the one from the away game. And I remember, it was a, I think it was Hilario at Chelsea. And there was, oh, yeah. I don't know if he's still even there, but Lee Grant at Manchester United. Was, uh, these guys yeah. just, you know, can tick along and. Um, whether that's what, for example, a Benjamin Segrish knew he was signing up for, I, I mean, who knows? To be, but to be fair to Benji, he's, I mean, he's still got quite a few years ahead of him. He, yeah. he can still go and, and make something, but it's just sort of, when he looks back at his career and says, hmm. what did I do between yeah. sort of, of 2019 yeah. 20, and 2023 sort of thing? You know, not very yeah. much, you know. I mean, his, his career as a first-team goalkeeper is all Dundee United. Yeah. Because uh, he was Aston Villa, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't getting. And then he went back to he went back to Switzerland, I think it was. And then he's come over here, and he's no wants to live in Australia. I'm yeah. sure if uh, I'm sure if he wants to for the second half of his career to all be Dundee United, they'll be mm. in the market oh. in, in the oh. summer. I'm sure we can be, bygones can be bygones if, if Benji wants to come back up the road. If, uh, he was uh, responsible for saving a lot of points during he the Merlin yes. and Courts era, oh. so um, I'm sure everything else will be forgotten if he if he if he does think that you know Hilton is uh, more appealing than <laughs> the Gold Coast for whatever reason. <laughs> I take the Hilton any yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, so looking specifically at sa- Saturday, United with Witherspoon unlocking the door to the Dunfermline defence. Banker on your coupon? Oh, United. absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. United, um, United always beat Dunfermline. That was, a, that was the leading question. <laughs> no, United's whole form dictates that they're not. Yeah, it's not, their home form isn't disastrous. It's, no. Their home form is... Um, it's poor because it's measured against their away form yes. which is extraordinary which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of the situation but you know United have won five of their ten home games Wraith Rovers have also won five of their ten home games so it's not uh, you know it's not a disaster but I think there's just the expectations at time uh, sorry Tanadice are such that slips whatever um, level are uh, scarcely tolerated and sometimes the football has been a little bit pedestrian and can get a bit stodgy but that's also due to the fact that there's some uh, very well organised defensive exactly units what I was going that to say. come I'm, to I'm Canada sometimes Dice. critical of the quality in the championship but overall but when you look at the, the home record of the top two that both of them have only won half their home games mm-hmm. testimony to the organisation yeah, it's, teams that are it's in dif- that league it's difficult when you start to have a target on your back mm-hmm. because it is um, the teams in the championship might not be brilliant but they're all solid pros that will put in a shift and while I wouldn't say it's easy to play defensively and set out purely to not concede a goal uh, that is easier than going out and trying to win the game mm-hmm. um, So see in the, cup, the Premier League teams haven't Brushed mm-hmm. anybody aside in the championship. Well, I, was, I sat and watched the the Spartans game against Hearts, mm. and uh, you know it takes Hearts until the you know ninety fourth minute to 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 beat them, and that's the third best team in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So it's it really isn't easy. Um, and 
Waterspoon certainly should help with that, although I'm not entirely certainly go straight into the starting lineup. Um, because you know, Tony Watt's done nothing wrong behind Louis Moult. Louis Moult's fit again. So I think it'll be a really interesting um team selection and it speaks well to the options they've got now that I wouldn't actually put my money on the the, the starting lineup. Um I, Do you see it as a choice between Wotherspoon and Watt? Potentially. I think there's a choice between Wotherspoon and Watt at number 10, which then has a knock-on effect on the choice between Watt and Lumo at number 9, because Tony Watt has basically scored most yeah. times he's played an attack for it, like, as the, the focal point attacker for mm. Dundee United this season. So Tony Watt is absolutely within his right to say, I've performed just as well as a traditional number nine this season as Louis Malt has. Um, very different players, so it's all about what you want from your, your mm -hmm. number nine. But I think there's a real, yeah, there's a real selection dilemma there. You've got, I would say, you've got, you know, across that attacking area, you've got um, Fotheringham, Middleton, Watt, Malt and Wotherspoon now, and four of those will probably play. So you're going to have a very good player that's not mm -hmm. playing one way or yeah. the other most weeks. So are the, the flanks, do you think they're... So I think they're locked down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they're absolutely locked down. I think Kai or Glenn would need a, a really poor run of form. And even even if Glenn was to go off it in terms of assists, which you know shows no sign of happening, that left side is so watertight mm. with him and Scott McMahon. Teams have no joy down that side just due to the work and the understanding that Middleton and McMahon have defensively. So I don't think there'll be any change down that so flank. What's going on with Cujo? Because not seen him for Can't get in the team. Just can't just, get in the team. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I don't think I'd be speaking out of school to suggest that there's a level of frustration there. Yeah. Um, but um, we'll see, you know, it's been, as I say, it's been a two-week break now. There's been a lot of focus on training. So um, we'll see who's in and out of the, mm. the picture um, in terms of uh, who gets on the pitch this weekend. That'll be quite illustrative of that. Um, but um, I think he does um, pose an increasingly interesting question because he's probably slightly too good to be on the bench yeah, in the championship. Um, whereas uh, it's certainly the, the, kind of the, the four goals and four assists and, and what was effectively just a couple of months suggests that. Right. So, well, I was just thinking because the that the family game at Tarzan, so it was him that scored mm -hmm. that late goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I remember Josh. Absolutely, it's not it's not a fine, goal, a fine goal it was too. But the, I guess I guess if you're Jim Goodwin though, like while Matthew might be, yeah, yeah. Um, frustrated. The whole reason Kai Fotheringham got a run in the team was because Matthew Kujo was suspended for two games and then got a dead leg, which kept him sidelined. And Kai Fotheringham has been consistent now. If you're Jim Goodwin, you say to yourself, well, that could happen to one of my two wingers I've got now. And yeah. Matthew Kujo is your first deputy yeah. in that position. So th that's the difficulty Jim Goodwin has. And it's the difficulty that we've been talking about all season. Yeah. You know, we had a similar yeah. conversation with, for example, Ali Ashcroft. If you're the manager, you, the, as frustrated as the player might be, if you're a first deputy and you know the role and you know you're effective mm -hmm. in that role, the manager wants to keep you around because, yeah. because yeah, yeah. the manager's always thinking to his next suspension or his next injury mm. or his next game where to start an 11 isn't quite impacting things the way he would want. So um, I don't know what the what the final outcome of that is. Um, but what I would say is maybe keep your eyes on that game um, at the weekend because if, you know, if Matthew Kujo, for example, doesn't go off the bench or do, yeah, you know, doesn't yeah. feature, then I would suggest that there may be an acceleration in terms of him, um, you know, saying, I, I can't really do this for the sec whole second half of the season because he's a 20 year old lad who's out of contract in the summer. He, mm -hmm. he probably needs to be playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to the, 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 the two from three, if you like, up front, 
you mentioned sort of managers thinking just a few seconds ago, Alan. I said, what and if it if it's between what and what for the out and out striking position, a difficult one for a manager because Moult always strikes me as a player who does it for ninety minutes. He's maybe a bit less clear than than Watt, but he's a he's a ninety minute performer if you see what I mean. Whereas like Watt came off uh, at Inverness, did the after match interview with the BBC, said, "Oh, I didn't didn't think I played very well." But he did a couple of things in that yeah. game that no other mm-hmm. player on the park could probably do. Maybe different now that Wellerspoon's there, and then he scores the winner. Now, as a manager, it must be a difficult. Do you go for the one that gives you the 90-minute performance or do you go for the one that's got that wee bit of brilliance? And that's why Jim Goodwin's paid immeasurably yeah. more than yeah. me. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. That it's, translates to don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> I think I would be inclined to, for the start, to stick with what just off Louis Moult because I don't think either player has done anything wrong. And I do believe in playing your way out of the team as much as other yeah. people can play their way into the team. And Jim Goodwin has shown loyalty with players that have put in a shift from all the season. So um, that's what I could w- boil down to, Alan. Uh, ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he, if it is a choice between Moult and Watt. Watt has scored the winner in his last game. Surely game. he has mm-hmm. to start the game against Dunfermline, as Alan. So you've got for 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 team morale, and you yeah. know, you know, and people know that if you do well, you'll stay in this team, and that's that's the way it's going to be. But. As a, Alan's right, it's going to be a really interesting team selection against Dunfermline to see. He might squeeze more and what into the team and find space for him. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the, uh, in my view, the best um, kind of balance for a Dun- for that Dundee United team would be with Sybil and Docherty at the base in midfield, um, Wotherspoon ahead of them, Fotheringham and Middleton on each flank, and one of Moult or what and. Uh, which one of those, it depends on you know the opposition, the form, the fitness of the respective two. Um, but also bearing in mind that, that games evolve as they go on mm-hmm. and having the other one on the bench gives you, you know, I, I don't think it should be seen as a snub for whichever one's yeah. left out, they will still It's a great have thing a, to have a, a, yeah. a mole or a walk mm-hmm. on yeah. the bench. But I, I think the assumption is quite clearly being made that... Um, you won't have all of these players available for every game. Yeah. There will be suspensions, mm-hmm. there'll be niggles. I think too often in the first half of the season, Jim Goodwin's maybe had to ask players to play through a wee twinge in their hamstring or play through this and that. And I think we're now in a position that's that's quite positive in the sense that I don't think you will need to do that. So I don't I'm not sure this direct choice of having all these players fit and available and picking which one you pick. Um, will be the case every week. There'll be knocks and niggles, and um, they, they're now better placed to, to, to handle that. In other news, owner Mark Ogren is on his way over soon for the AGM. Mm, AGM time, yeah. Uh, I think it might be a bit more sedate than it was last <laughs> season, um, albeit uh, the accounts made for, for grim reading, but... Um, He's also he'll be sitting down with the the Dundee United supporters group, as I say, you know, facing shareholders at the AGM. So always an interesting time, particularly for those um, fans in attendance. They'll get to put some questions to the owner, and I'm sure they'll want some um, reassurance. Maybe the best way to put it. I mean, I don't think anyone's um, 
uh, running about with their hair on fire just uh, at the moment. I think the focus is very much on the football and, and winning this league and getting through the transfer window, all that sort of immediate stuff. But I think there'll be a, an element of wanting reassurance about what the future holds and mm-hmm. uh, and just asking, you know, in his own words, what what comes next after what was a, a fairly... Um, you know, stark set of financial results that do kind of pose questions about what what he does next. I guess. Yeah, I was just thinking, it's, it's one of these where you could legitimately, if you're a shareholder, stand up and say, "Oh, you're wasting an awful lot of money." And Mark Ogre can stand up and say, "Yes, I have, and I've paid for it." Yeah. And he has, he's accepted responsibility for any mistakes that were made over the last year or so by putting his hand in yeah, his pocket. Yeah, absolutely. He, he spoke, after the council released, he, he, he uh-huh. spoke to reassure fans about his commitment and, you know, the, the plan for going forward. And I think it's always good when you've got foreign owners, obviously we've got them up the road at Danes and, you know, John Nelms is a, is a man on the ground, but it's always good to see Tim Keyes at yeah. Danes. It's the same at Tannis. It's good to see Mark Ogren when he's at games, you know, because I think it's more of a concern when you, when you have foreign owners mm. and suddenly they're, they're nowhere to be seen for six months. Yeah, it's good to yeah. see how often he does come across. And he just seemed to pay attention. Uh, maybe more to the team on the park <laughs> than how much the team on the park's costing them. The, the other thing that caught my eye this week is this, this reason the thing about safe standing. Well, I mean, they might even speak about that at the AGM, but it strikes me there's a bit of a, a debate about safe standing. But anywhere I've seen safe standing, it, it seats with a the rail. individual rail yeah. in front of it means you can stand up. And it seems like a no brainer to me now because. You've not got that thing where the crowd can sway forward or stuff like that. Uh, they are quite expensive, though. Yeah, it's not aye. sticking a barrier in front of like no, sta- no, you know, your existing you seating or anything. Like, you take uh, the seat out and you put the, yeah, the individual all, barrier. It's all bespoke, and um, well, certainly the. Um, I remember when they were erecting the new main stand at Tynecastle, and you know you were asking questions about stuff like, "Oh, would you maybe be thinking about mm-hmm. putting stuff like that?" And the cost at that time, as, as I recall, was very expensive. I don't know if the costs come down at all. Or and I, then they remembered that they needed to put the seats in, and it cost <laughs> even more. That's very true. Yeah, very much running before they could walk with that one. Um, Given me PTSD from Tuesday night after this. <laughs> oh God! Horrible. Yeah, no, grim. But I, I, it's, I, it's certainly it's something that Wraith Rovers are looking. That as well, so um, if it's if it's something that Wraith Rovers could potentially have the, the scope to do, although the the railway stand where they'd be thinking about it is uh, a smaller project than, than any area. I think uh, goodness me, t- uh, Tannadice would be. It's um, talking about t- 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 Castle far yeah. too much it's today. Just, it's just it's doing it to you, it's, oh, um, It was horrible on Tuesday night, I have to say. So I, I don't know in terms of the affordability um, factor of it, but. I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I think that the atmosphere is organically mm. improved by safe standing areas, yeah. and um, United have uh, and their supporters in, involved have already done an, an admirable effort of trying to build the, um, the the atmosphere with their display team and their singing mm-hmm. section. And this would be a uh, a sensible next step if it can be affordable, but. Um, you know, through that survey where that was one of the suggestions put forward by fans, there was also a, a hell of a lot of stuff about um, um, fans potentially being amenable to helping fund mm. certain changes based, you know, mm. depending on what they may be, etc. And it didn't read to me that Dundee United have a, a vast array of money for upgrading yeah. Canadice. It read to me like this might be something we have to do together, supporters. Um, <laughs> kind of rallying cry and um, how how much scope there is in the current financial climate for um, 
the 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 pot that might be required for for fans and the club to work together on. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. As I say, it's um, it's it's hard asking asking fans to to contribute uh, if that's yeah. indeed what the next step would be, um, because there's not an awful lot of kind of disposable income kicking the about anywhere. Just everywhere. Yeah. In my case, mm. particularly when someone's asking for it. But it is, <laughs> it, 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 what it is, is, it's really illustrative of, uh, and should be eye-opening for fans to realise just how expensive stadiums like Tannadice are. It's, it's not, this isn't a case of, well, as it was last summer, you know, we've been relegated, so that's caused us this much, blah, blah, blah. Tannadice is a, is a, is, is a constant in its priciness yeah. to upcoat and mm-hmm. a lot of these old stadiums are I remember covering Dundee and uh, Dunfermline's descent into administration mm-hmm. and some of the figures on what it costs to, to upkeep, upkeep uh, of, of six figure Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, some rather yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's six figures regularly yeah. it's six figures regularly and then something will crop up that's Aye. another five that's another six and that's just to keep getting your certificates and getting people yeah, through yeah. the door um, so uh, that is um we all want to see it upgraded and these uh, exciting uh, elements of it that could be in the future. But the, the fact that they've been mooted, you know, what fans could perhaps contribute to it, I think underlines just how much of a challenge uh, it really is. Good stuff. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. 